Hey, gang. That's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabcast. And I'm Nikon. For episode... Oh my god. 18? 18? I couldn't 18. remember. 18 slash... Yeah, 18? Yeah, 18. 18. <laughs> 18 slash what? I was gonna say 18 slash 19, because that's how I put it in my notes, but it's it just it's just episode 18. This is just 18, yeah. For the listeners, it's episode 18. Yes. And the listeners come first. The listeners always come first. That sounds ominous. <laughs> I still have, like, gunkies. Brooke is residually gunky. <laughs> that sounds weird. I know. I'm, I, I have my voice back if I speak in a normal register. Just can't scream. No cackling. It's been, like, three or four weeks now. Yeah. Mm. If I laugh, it's like I, my voice cuts out. Yeah. Well. I must have coughed, like, really hard. You definitely did. I think it's because I was coughing for, like, five million years yeah but i wasn't sleeping either so i was coughing all night and all day yeah every day for like a week and a half yeah <laughs> yeah you were going through it i was so sick that's an understatement yeah you yeah. were like on death's door i thought i was dying it was so terrible you looked like um you know in full metal alchemist brotherhood when I had to say the full thing I so know. that people don't think that it. I was just watching Full Metal. Yeah, Optimus. because that's not like good yeah. for me. Um, but you know when Ed finally makes it through the doorway of truth or whatever to yeah. wow spoilers for everyone listening. Sorry, that's never seen spoilers. It uh, Show came out like ten years ago. <laughs> you know when he finally makes it to Al and Al is like emaciated because and his nails and are is, all like, long, sickly looking. Yeah. That wow, I look like that. <laughs> First of all, I would never look that skinny. No, that's but the, but that's the level of death that you were at. Yeah, I looked rough. I looked like I had been living inside of like purgatory with no sustenance for how long was it? Five years? The duration Something of the like show? that. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's my favorite show of all time. So thank you for respecting the fact that it's specifically Brotherhood. I know. Well, I knew you would yell at me if I didn't. You can just say FMAB. Well, yeah, but I didn't know if everyone would know what I was saying if mm. I said FMAB. So. Well, then they're scrubs. They're scrubs. Oh. Listen, everybody's listening. You're scrub. a scrub if you haven't watched my favorite show. Mm-hmm. And you should watch it. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> We better get to it today because yeah. we both have way too much research. Oh, yes. Big heckin' reports. Big heckin' it's, researches. Do you remember when we used to try to fit it in, in one, one episode? episode? Yeah, we were dumb. Remember way back then, what was that? Three months ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We. this is probably a better, like, even though I like having both of us in one episode, like, theoretically... I think this is better logistically. I mean, you guys are still both in all the episodes. Well, yeah, but both research in one episode. I know what you mean, but... It's just not... I, I'm... Well, they always say this in morbid... Like, bre- brevity is not my strong suit. Oh, yeah. No, I've never been good at cutting things back. No. I tried to cut some stuff out of this one, and I was like, what do I cut out? It feels like I'm doing a disservice to the yeah. survivors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, speaking of... A topics. Little, yeah, topics. What are you going to be possibly bringing to the table this week? Oh, oh possibly this week. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're, we're competing for. Yes. Um, so I am taking it down a slightly different road of the macabre this, this, this time. Nice. You know, if it's not your thing, 
just like we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. But I'll be covering a true crime. Nice. This episode. I'll be covering the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. Oh, I've listened to so many it's podcasts one of my about that one. Yeah. I actually didn't know that it was the lar- the largest known abduction in the US history. Yeah, it yeah, it's wild. It's insane. Yeah. And it, it, it touches on um a topic that I think is particularly macabre. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why I feel like it fits well. Yeah, I'm very excited. Also, we're probably going to cover true crime sometimes. Deal with it. Well, we already have. This is my podcast, not yours, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've already covered true crime. I know, but not yes. like to this extent. That's true. This, this is like is... there's a trial and yeah. like Yeah, this one's a little more intense. But yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Um, mine, uh, my contender for this one is mm-hmm. um, the... Uh, island, the Island Moor Lighthouse and the disappearance of its three lighthouse keepers. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Sounds I just like realized. We have good contenders? Yes, we do. Sorry, I was Googling something because I realized I forgot that word for something. Okay. And I didn't Google it. And so I just had, <laughs> I realized I needed to do that before Panic. I forgot. But yes, I will be doing a very spooky disappearance. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. I love a good, like, spooky building. Mm -hmm. So, hey, um, Pokemon Go over there, or I mean, Animal Crossing over there, are we going to... Yeah. Are you going to get ready to ref? Rude. Got to get with it. I had my process. No, I forgot. Anyways. um... (laughs) So, we've heard our contenders for this week. Both players ready? Mm. Okay. I want a good, clean match, okay? No funny business. They're really glaring at each other. Oh, they're psyching each other out. The meta runs deep. Okay, everyone ready? Yes. Okay, remember, we go on shoot. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, everyone ready? Mm. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. (gasps) Rock to rock, another round. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock and rock again. Why are we Third saying? Round. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. Uh. Brooke changes it up with paper, but Holly sticks with the tried and true. Rock losing the round. So sad. Bam. Brooke, as the victor, who do you want to go first? Myself. Oh. So I can be cozy, because then I can drink more. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> We're having a very delicious local, um, like, a spiced cider. With yeah. whiskey in it today. What's well, it, Holly and I. Where was the place from? Well, it's Latin where? Cider Mill. It's around Olympia. Mm. Nice. It's very tasty. Yeah, it is very good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Nikon's having tea. I'm not going to out myself about how much cider I've drank the last few days. I thought I you were going to say about how little you slept. <laughs> I slept enough some days. Okay. I feel like now you have to out yourself for the amount of cider you drank. Okay, I I got a like, like a gallon jug. Yeah. Yeah, I got like think like a gallon jug of just the regular cider, and I've finished it in three days. Holy it's, shit! Yeah. <laughs> it, By themselves, I the, didn't like, drink any the, of the it. The dental stress <laughs> that I'm experiencing. Yeah, I. I it's a I, lot of juice, man. Yeah, my teeth aren't thanking me for it, but it tasted very good. Yeah, it's it, delicious. My stomach also wasn't thanking me for no, it. Yeah, that's a lot you, of acidity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Nice. 
Okay, well, I guess... Take it away, bro. Take it Here we away. Go. Get ready to be, like, super bummed out. Excellent. That's nice. my state of being every day. I mean, fair. <laughs> Listeners, get ready to be super bummed out. Um, because this one is... Uh, I just have always really liked this story. I think it's amazing. I was watching... Uh, for my sources, I'll say them now because I'm going to briefly mention it here, too. Like, I was watching... The biggest source that I used mm-hmm. was the... There's two different CBS 48 Hours episodes. Oh, okay. There's, a like, one called Live to Tell the Chowchilla Kidnapping, um, which is, like, the original episode. But then mm-hmm. there's another episode that they made later when they're, quote, remembering... Because the episode's called Remembering the Chowchilla Kidnapping. And okay. they're all much older. And the three, like, out... Sorry. I guess four... The four outspoken victims um, mm-hmm. from the kidnapping um, are, like, there and they're grown up. And so gotcha. it's interesting them talking about it. But I remembered when I was watching it. I've seen that episode so many times. It's, like, such a good episode of 48 Hours. Pretty much any time I've, like, stayed in a hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or, you know, had, like, only, like, five channels of cable to look at. It was, yeah. like, CBS 48 hours at yeah. 2 in the morning. I mean, you got it. Eating, like, pork rinds and stuff. Nice. Nice. <laughs> or when we went on that trip and it was <laughs> it was gummy gummy candy and ghost hunters. Yeah. And I was, like, super crossfaded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I we love, had a great time. Though. I love hotel TV. We watched, yeah. on that trip, we watched so much catfish. I know. Well, and the fun thing about that was we were in Las Vegas and and everyone else was like out doing stuff and we were like we're just gonna like chill up here and watch some cats it was so cozy they were going crazy yeah. we were so wild it was bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um in addition to the 48 hours episodes uh there's also a article from cbs news um where they show a lot of photos mm-hmm. that's a really good one and that um that one's just called the chowchilla bus kidnapping rare photos from one of the largest abductions in u.s history mm-hmm. um the city of chowchilla website has a really good article it's not really oh, okay. an article but like a summary of the event mm-hmm. um and then there's an article in los angeles times that i'm not going to mention the title because it's going to if for people who haven't heard this story i don't want to like give away yeah what happens at the end so i'm not gonna um say the title of it okay great so there's a i could say it later yeah if i remember <laughs> um but I, I guess kind of like how i said before mm-hmm. we normally err on the more like supernatural or like spooky non-human related spooky yeah side or like weird fact side of things. Yeah. Um, but I wanted, I, I, let, like, let's cover my true fear, which is just humanity. Mm. I mean, honestly, that should be everyone's true fear. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm so, like, Holly knows. Well, Mm -hmm. you guys both know this. Uh, I, like, I'm so scared of, like, home invasion, and not that this is about home invasion, but, like, humans are so scary. Well, yeah. So, um, I wrote, like, there's nothing scarier to me than just people and what they're unfortunately capable of. Yeah. Um, so today I'm going to tell you about the 1976 Chowchilla bus kidnapping, otherwise known as the largest identified, and they say that so that it's loose, because there's probably unknown kidnappings that are maybe larger. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. 
um, but the largest identified kidnapping in U.S. history, um, which is more of, <laughs> why did I write that? <laughs> I wrote, which is a suffocating survival story and more evidence that men are stupid. <laughs> Accurate. I wrote stupid idiots. <laughs> nice. As if we needed more evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So let's, uh, let's dig right in. It was a hot summer day in 1976 when 55-year-old Frank Edward Ray, or Ed Ray, as I'll be calling him, or Ed, for the rest of the episode. For some reason, I thought you were going to just like create an acronym out of his name. And I was like, fur. fair. Fur. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so Ed Ray <laughs> picked up his bus full of children aged four, five, ugh, five to 14 after mm-hmm. their summer school field trip. Okay. Um, the children had just taken a trip to the Chowchilla Fairgrounds swimming pool. Oh, I don't think that swimming pool would probably be very clean. Yeah. I think it was just like a rec center, but yeah. Ugh. It's also the 70s, so who knows. Yeah. Um, True. I also think it's cool that like, I, guess, I, I assume by summer school they mean more, like less like what pe- we would maybe call summer school now and more like what would be childcare <laughs> mm-hmm. in the summer for like a yeah. range of ages for a small or, like, town. Like summer camp. Yeah, like summer camp. Yeah. Not not like what I would associate with, which is like when you fail a class and you have to yeah. go to summer school. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, our five-year-olds really failing classes? No, I, I think it was more like childcare. Um, so, you know, they were, they were headed home from their long day swimming, and unfortunately, um, Ed and the children would soon face a very dark side of humanity. They were to be buried alive. Oh. oh, oh, yeah. Nikon's never heard this story before. Yeah. Um, oh. So Excellent. I'm really excited because I'm telling Holly this story and I know she knows what's happening. But I mean, there might be some details that I found maybe that you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see Nikon's reactions this whole time. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> so just a little couple of little things about Chowchilla. It's a small, close knit community in the middle of california like literally smack dab in the middle it's really close to like fresno okay um i wrote the hot takes because the (laughs) this is the different ways they described it in the um remembering episode Mm -hmm. of 48 hours they kept calling it a cow town a cow town yeah i know what cow towns are oh we know all about (laughs) cow towns um they said everyone knew each other. Everyone sort of had like this element of trust because they all like knew each other and yeah. everybody was kind of keeping an eye out for each other. Um, and I wanted to note here that remember that this is the 70s. So many children were just latchkey kids. Yeah. I mean, I was a latchkey kid. I was kid also for a latchkey while, kid. And I wasn't in the 70s. I was not in the 70s and I was also a latchkey kid. Brooke and I have trauma. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Hey, some of the latchkey stuff was fun, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I think, like, we'll get to it later, but when they're discovered missing, it's because, like, they rode the bus home and just, like, let themselves in their homes, and so it had been, like, several hours already. Yeah, that makes sense. Which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I don't think it would have made a difference either way, to be honest, in this story. Yeah. So at approximately 4 p.m. on Thursday, July 15th, 1976, Ed Ray and the 26 students of Dairyland Elementary School 
dairy, like D A I R Y. Dairy. Oh my god. Yeah. Cow country. Cow town. They abruptly met a van on their commute. Mm. Oh. Um, they had already dropped off. I think they said two or three kids at this point. Which, God, Jesus Christ! They Imagine being those kids. I know. It's so scary. So the van was blocking the road entirely, and so Ed had to stop the bus. There was yeah. no way around it. Um, when the bus stopped, a man emerged from the eva- from the van and approached the bus and demanded that Ed let him on the bus. Convincing factors that kind of showed Ed that he didn't really have a choice. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes people try to say, like, why not just drive away? But it's like, it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Convincing factors were there were two more men approaching from the van after this first man approached. Mm-hmm. They all had nylon stockings covering their whole heads. Which, terrifying. Oh, no. Terrifying, but so cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. And just in general, very bad sign. Yes. Also, like... Did they cut holes in it, or were they just, no, like, like the, straight up? It was the nude-colored ones. And, in fact, in the Remembering Chowchilla uh, episode, one of the people, I believe it was Larry Park, survivor, said that he was, um I think, five or six when it happened, mm-hmm. when, when he was kidnapped. Um, he said that the way, like, the shadows of your face would happen underneath the stocking it made like it looked like the eye where your eye caverns are was like like hollow black i don't like that which he said was very scary which i can imagine as like a child that that would be yeah horrifying um kind of like the skull Mm -hmm. yes and they were all equipped with sawed off shotguns yeah so like yeah so like you do what they say you know yeah plus like i'm sure ed ray was also thinking like the safety of the kids and like not traumatizing them is the ideal and i'm not about to like yeah face three men like well also if you speed off like and you see that they have guns the next likely step is that they're gonna shoot the guns at the bus Mm -hmm. full of children Mm -hmm. exactly so spicy um while aiming the guns at the children and Ed Ray, they took control of the bus and, of course, all of the occupants. One survivor recalls, and I'm only going to use names for four of them because, mm-hmm. as far as I know, only, well, technically five, but I'm. Some quotes of things were not named, and I think those people just don't want to be. Yeah, they want to just, like, let it lie. And- yeah. So if. I'm quoting a child or an adult recalling their experience from when they were a child. If it was, like, one of the ones whose name is out there, I'll use their name. But otherwise, I'm just going to say, like, the survivor. Um, So one survivor recalled at this moment, Ed was speaking in a harsh tone, and that was not the Ed that they knew. Yeah. Because they all, like, loved him. Apparently, he was, like, a, like, loved bus driver in the community which is like really cute that's very wholesome because like everybody always has like their favorite bus driver oh, yeah. I know I, mean, I did I just had bus drivers I didn't feel one way or the other about um, I them. had a I had a, I had a favorite bus driver he passed away a couple of years ago they were always mean rip Dave Aw. Mm-hmm. yeah I used to um <laughs> unleash all of my trauma sadness on my bus driver in the front Aww. seat Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> We were buddies. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, he was the best. Did um, you just say we all cope differently? <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Am I wrong? 
You're not wrong. Holly, all of them were mean. <laughs> I hated all of them. I don't know, I hate them no, all. No, they I'm just, just were like, they didn't care. I didn't care. Yeah. You know. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. If you were normal, you had a favorite bus driver. I don't think I was normal. Does anything about what I just said. No, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> okay. So, let back to the horrific yes content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, under gunpoint, Ed removed himself from the driver's seat and joined the children in the back of the bus for the next 11 hours. Oh, no. One man drove the children around back roads while the second man held a gun to Ed, and the third man followed them in the van that they had parked in 11 the 11 hours of driving? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Nonstop. Like, I know California is big, but, like, Jesus. But not that big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were definitely, like, stalling. Yeah. Mm. So, after the 11 hours of driving, they parked the bus at a small slough off of the Chowchilla River. Mm-hmm. They And it was dried up, like a dried up riverbed. Um, they took branches from nearby trees and propped them alongside of the bus to, like, partially camouflage it down there. Yeah. Um, and the, the kids noticed that there was another van there, hidden, mm-hmm. that they had left behind. Um, and the children were then transported from one vehicle to the other. Mm-hmm. So the bus to the vans. Mm-hmm. Um, they opened the door of the bus, and then they actually backed the van up to the door. And they forced each child at gunpoint to jump from the back of the bus into the back of the van. Um, and they said that the reason was because they didn't want to leave any footprints behind in the sand. Oh. Oh my God. Which is like, but terrible. you're gonna leave tire. Prints. Okay. Thank you. See, yeah. I thought that too. <laughs> this is what I'm saying about men are stupid. Like, because what's the point of not leaving footprints if you're gonna leave tire prints? Also, I, I know. I know. Right? There's gonna be. It's a school bus. There's probably gonna be children's footprints around it. I know. Well, it's... they were in the bus. There was no children's footprints anywhere because they didn't let them out of the bus. Well, yeah, but I know. Like but if, if someone found a random bus, it wouldn't be oh, weird yeah. for them no, no. to be yeah. children's footprints I don't know what they were thinking. And, and I'll tell you later when we come back to this part that, like, that this was stupid because the sheriff was like, like what there's the tire marks right there. Yeah, um, also... Yeah. It's a giant bus. Yeah, like, what stupid. are you trying to hide? Yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I know, listen, I did not say <laughs> yeah. that they were smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a horrifying detail about the bus, the bu- not the, the buses, buses, the vans. <laughs> the vans had been prepped for the event. So the windows were painted shut and completely void of any light. Mm. So several layers of paint. Okay. Black. Yeah. The walls of the vans had wooden paneling covering every surface. I don't like that. To the point where no light could enter, and it also blocked all the door handles and other, like, ac- uh, like access points from the inside. Yeah. So once you were in there and the door was shut, there was no way for you to get out. Also, no ventilation. Yeah, also slivers. I bet they didn't sand down those planks. Oh, no. No, yeah. I, I think it was more, like, the paneling that's, like, smooth. That but like still. is bendy, but yeah, I think it probably would have been splintery. That's probably the least of their concerns at this moment, though, Holly. That's so, true. Um, it just is the first thing that yeah. I thought of. But no, that's fine. <laughs> um, they were described as like jail cells. Yeah, that's um, and the pictures are creepy. Um, once every child was in the vans, 
they were locked inside, and the long trek actually continued. So how many children was this? 26. 26. Sorry, I said it at the beginning. And then were there multiple vans or were they all shoved into one two. van two vans yeah okay yeah the, the I, one that I they know drove. that you said this but I'm like trying to con- <laughs> like conceptualize yeah okay sorry yeah. So they, they cut it in half per... with the kids plus 26 children yeah. plus Ed Ray too yeah. so there's actually 27 people and even that many is because I'm imagining like not a super large van no yeah 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 like a creeper van yeah 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 okay I just want to make sure that one I'm was getting green this mental image and right. one was white. Yeah, and they were both outfitted with this paneling, blacked out windows, completely, like yeah, okay, yeah. Um, two vans, twenty-seven people. Ed was fifty-five-year-old man, mm-hmm. and the oldest child in the tr- was fifteen, Ugh. and they ranged down to the age of five. Ugh. Just as a refresher for everybody Yikes. listening. Um, I'm just not excited for where this is going oh no 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 it's bad yeah I, I i have a feeling nobody ever abducts children for a good reason yeah honestly this is a stupid reason too we'll get there yeah i don't want to try and predict <laughs> so um a little divergence here um jennifer brown was one child you know in the in the bus i think she was about eight years old when this happened um a- after she was, you know, spoiler, they survive. Um she was home with her mom. They mm-hmm. actually had her just tell she told the whole story to her mom and her mom recorded it. Okay. Like a couple days afterwards, so it was like really fresh. Yeah. It's a haunting recording. Yeah. But she was like this little girl's amazing. Um and I have a couple different quotes in here from her, but in that in that recording, she says that um this is a little quote from her. My friends who were five and six came over to me. They laid on me and started crying. I just started telling them, be brave because everything's going to be all right. Aww. Which was like her little kid voice. And I was just like, oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> like, Aww, little and she didn't know yeah. if it was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so sad. So I'll, we'll, we'll come back to Jennifer, but she's amazing. Um, when they finally arrived at their location... They were not obviously like privy to the location or what was going to happen there. Yeah. Um, suddenly the kidnappers, so they stopped. They were just parked and they were like, okay, what's going to happen? Um, suddenly the kidnappers opened the, the van door and took one child out and shut the door behind them. Hmm. Over the next several minutes, the van door was opened. One child would be forced out at gunpoint and then the door would shut behind them. That's terrifying. Yeah. The victims reported being terrified. Every time the door opened, they wouldn't see the other child. And so they thought they were being removed one by one and murdered one by one. They had no idea. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would be, like, the assumption, too. Yeah, because they they kept saying, like, they couldn't hear or see the other child when they would open the door again. So they thought, like, they were shutting the door and then, like, killing the child and then... And then, like, 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 bringing another kid out. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, five-year-olds. God. Like, no. No, no. No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, now remember, it was 11 hours from bus ride yeah. to van, right? Mm-hmm. So now van to now, 12 hours had passed. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, how are the people who kidnapped them not, like, sleeping? Like, what is... I don't know. Maybe they're on shit. Yeah. 
I mean, doesn't sound like they're acting super. Logically. I don't know if there was any stuff about drugs in there, but probably maybe they took a nap in the middle. Oh, there's a nap later. Oh, actually. good. Okay, great. You're gonna be really thrilled. Oh, about I the remember nap. the nap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nikon's gonna be oh. thrilled about the nap. it. I'm not looking forward to that. So, ten-year-old Jody Heffington was the last child removed from the first van. This girl is fucking badass. Nice. Um, she said they put flashlight when they took her out of the van. They shut the door. They t- put flashlights in her face and in their own face, so she, everything was kind of distorted. It was dark yeah. out. Um, and they forced her to give her name. Mm-hmm. Initially, I love this. She responded, "Puddin'tane, ask me again, and I'll tell you the same." <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but Puddin'tane is like a, a common like fake name that people nice. say. So she, like, was a bitch, and I love it. Amazing. Um, And so they told her, of course, that she would never see her family again if she didn't say, so she told them her name. Yeah. Um, And they, she noticed they wrote it down. Okay. On a piece of paper, where there was a list of all the kids' names that she saw. Um, Now, before I say where they put her, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, back in Chowchilla, Parents had returned home from work in the meanwhile, right? Yeah, because this yeah. is like, what, 20, <laughs> 23 hours of like... Yeah, it's been a long time. It's like the middle of the night now. Yeah. yeah. Um, parents had returned home from work and were noticing that their children hadn't come home. Reports started coming in and the police started to race... Blah, blah, blah. The police started tracing the bus route looking for where it was interrupted. Yeah. Um, so like after those first couple kids. Um, thus began a huge search of the surrounding areas. Yeah. Um, they did locate the bus at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, tire impressions in the sand showed the lead <laughs> investigator, well, not a lead investigator, but the, the, the local lead, yeah. lead person, which was the sheriff, Sheriff Bates, um, it showed him that they had transferred into another vehicle by jumping because these fucking idiots. Yeah. Like, what did they think? Yeah. They, they, they think? Like, you think that people are going to, like, look for footprints and see it's no footprints st- yeah. and be like, well, guess there's nothing here. And, like, <laughs> yes, I guess yeah. it did work in the sense that, like, they didn't know what vehicle they were in, but still, like, or that's like, a stupid thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, not like the kids' footprints would have let them know what vehicle they're in. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Or, like, led them anywhere. Yeah. They were already just putting them in different And, like, stupid. they're already going to put two and two together. There's a bus here and there are children missing. Yeah, well, there's no I cuts wonder footprints, what... but yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the bus. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. So, at this point, the FBI, FBI got involved. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. missing children. Miss, 26 missing children. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, parrots were panicking, of course. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm sorry, my brain just, like, fell apart just then. Nice. We already just kind of said this in complaining about the tire impressions, but I was just, right, I was reading that I wrote basically what we said, which is they didn't know who took them or what vehicle they were transporting in. All they had now was just a bus. Yeah. With, like, no seeming evidence inside. Um, And remember, this is the 70s, so it's not like crime scene investigation was... Yeah, there weren't as many tools. No. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So back at the vans. Mm-hmm. For the second van, they used the same tactic, removing children one by one and demanding information before depositing them in the hole. Mm. 
Towards the end, it was just 14-year-old Michael Marshall and the youngest, 5-year-old Monica Artery in the van. Just the two of them in there, doors shut. And in the documentary, Michael shares that, like, he he didn't want to make Monica go next. So he pried her hands off of him. He was, like, she was, like, clinging to him. Yeah, of course. And he went first Uh, and I'm like on one hand I'm like wholesome but also is it much better to leave her there alone I don't know yeah but like I can't imagine no I like yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't have sent her first either no way I a five-year-old and having to make that decision too ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah. and Michael is a fucking hero yeah Mm -hmm. he is a hero in this story I mean they all are but especially Michael um so after they demanded his name, just as they did to the um, all the other kids, they forced him into a manhole, which all he could see was just in the middle of a forest. Yeah. Um, as and it was dark, so you know, um, as he descended the ladder, he shared that he didn't know until he got to the bottom of the ladder that they were all alive in there. Oh, that's so terrifying. He had no idea that they were all alive. Yeah. He thought he when he left the van, he thought they were all dead. Yeah. So he was like so relieved. They all cheered like Michael's here. Michael's here when he yeah. came climbing down the ladder. And mm. luckily, of course, Monica followed yeah. after um, and they helped her down the ladder and then they were all in there. So let's talk about that hole, shall we? Uh, I'm like getting no. like the itchy feeling. The idea of being like stuck in a hole somewhere is I mean, being mm-hmm. buried alive is horrifying. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I've always had a fear of being buried alive ever since um, somebody that doesn't need to be named made me um, watch the movie Kill Bill when I was, like, way too young. Mm-hmm. And I laid awake at night every night thinking about how there's a scene where Uma Thurman has to, like, punch her way out of a, a coffin underground, and it yeah. scared me so much as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that hole that they were in, it was an eight-foot by 16 foot truck trailer that had been buried 12 feet underground what the fuck 12 feet is a lot fully submerged yeah also that's huge that's huge yeah yeah but not big enough for 26 people no no but like yeah it's it just, just like takes a yeah. lot to yeah. get that no, that's 12 a lot. feet down that's yeah. a lot that's what i was gonna say is just like the amount of prep work that goes into this yeah and like the prepping the vans the prepping the whole the, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's also just, like, this is a dumb thing to get hung up on, but that just seems like a really dumb way to make a hole. <laughs> like, a big hole to put people in is bury a truck trailer. Like That's fair. It's just really weird. Let, let's, just, let's just say at this point that these, these people, these three dudes, had way too much time on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of weird motivations to do with it, yeah. Oh, yeah, they had some weird motivations way for sure. Way too much time, way too many resources. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the hole was complete with mattresses. Okay. That's terrifying in um, and of itself. Yeah. Water jugs with water in them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um. What they could hear and thought were some sort of fans for ventilation. Mm-hmm. Um, bread, some cereal boxes, and some peanut butter. All right. Oh, oh, one more thing. Sorry. Holes that were cut in the wheel wells of the trailer. Okay. Um, that they had fashioned into toilets. 
which mm-hmm. were just a hole that went mm-hmm. into the dirt below. Mm-hmm. Wow. So really, really like comfy accommodations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wrote, commence sitting in a completely pitch black box underground. Yeah, also, like, did they have any lights at all in no. order to, like, see that these no. things existed in the... Well, the light coming through the manhole at first. Yeah, okay. <sighs> Stifled air. Yeah. 26 children. Yeah. One adult man. And a limited food supply. And probably not enough ventilation for that many people. Oh, no, and not enough food. Yeah. Or water. Yeah. Or sanitary bathroom anything yeah oh uh, the kidnappers actually threw a roll of toilet paper down oh wow and then they said we'll be back and they shut the manhole Mm, lovely um jennifer brown uh she recalls i had never known darkness like this yeah that's terrifying um at this moment they heard the sound of material being thrown on top of the manhole so they were truly being buried alive at this moment. Yeah. After about 12 more hours mm. of sitting in complete darkness, when when they initially went in, you know, they were panicking and, and Ed had really just instructed the kids to just, we need to just rest. Yeah, just stay calm. We need and, to rest. Yeah. So a lot of them slept, sort of, and yeah. tried to eat something and just cried. Yeah. Um, but after about 12 more hours of sitting in complete darkness, the children and Ed were sort of forced to face their fate. Um, the food and water ration had diminished entirely. Yeah, because that's 26 kids. Yeah. Um, the ventilation fans had stopped. Oh. And slowly the box truck was actually caving in on the sides and ceiling. Because of the weight of all of the dirt and everything Mm -hmm. because 12 feet is a lot yeah that's okay yeah Mm -hmm. they were fully like going to be buried alive if that caved in yeah like they there was no way out at that point so you know michael said at through this these 12 hours there were periods of silence and periods of just like one one child would just suddenly start crying and then they would all start crying yeah um, he said all he could think about, if this part, like, was so sad in the documentary, he said all he could think about was the last moment that he saw his mom and mm-hmm. how much he wished he had, could have said goodbye to her. That's so sad. Which is, like, you're 14 and you're having to, like, think about, like, the last time I saw my mom before I went to school today. Yeah. I wish I would have, like, hugged her and said goodbye. That's so sad. Yeah. And the word I was Googling earlier, because I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was, is taphophobia, which is the phobia of being buried alive, which is, like, a real yeah. fear. Um, and maybe some at some point we'll cover all the fun coffin-related yeah, things yeah, that were yeah, invented yeah. to, you know, avoid being buried alive that didn't work for sure, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's been a long, long long-term fear oh yeah um so the you know the 12 hours had passed they started to begin trying to escape again good yeah um they had you know rested up a little bit they'd gotten some some food in their system and they were ready to crack at it 
the children stood on Ed, Ray, and each other's shoulders, you know, the older kids, mm-hmm. and they took turns trying to push the manhole, manhole cover up out of the uh, little hole that the, it was in. Nice. After many attempts, Michael managed to move it about a half a foot to the side, and they jammed a piece of wood in it. Nice. Which allowed them to, like... Leverage. Leverage things. And I'm now just realizing... Oh, no, I did write it in here. Okay, for a second I was like, did I not write what they put on top of it? But I guess not. I did. (laughs) Um, So they had it half foot open, and Mm -hmm. they now realized that it was completely covered in dirt. Mm -hmm. They had put two 100-pound truck batteries on top of the manhole. Oh, my gosh. And Like, side by side. Yeah. And they had covered the batteries and pile of dirt with a wooden box so it was like dark still um so that's what they discovered after that they tried and tried and tried half a foot open which like six inches half half a foot is amazing for having two car batteries on there or truck batteries and like all of the dirt and everything else yeah oh yeah that shit's heavy yeah um, that made me flinch so hard. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, so after a little bit more effort, Michael managed to squeeze out of the hole and he spent the next like several hours with his bare hands just digging through oh the dirt to try to escape and try to help everyone escape. Oh no. Um, as it cleared and they were able to move the, you know, manhole aside, like the cover aside, Ed helped clear dirt, and they were able to remove the heavy batteries, Mm -hmm. and eventually Michael was able to stand up in that wooden box and move it off of the thing. And when they did that, they had been imprisoned for 16 hours. Oh, my gosh. In in the sorry, just in there. Yeah, yeah, not not counting the driving, like five million years of driving around. It was 8 p.m. the following day. Oh my gosh. So, but it was the summer, so it was sprayed out. Yeah. They said um, the air and the light came through the dust, and it felt like starlight. Oh. There was a, one of the um, men, I think his name was Luke, no, Larry Park. Um, he said it looked like shooting stars. Oh. And when he told it, he, like, started crying. And this is, like, an adult man Yeah, that was telling the story, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I can't imagine no. the type of relief that you would feel just no. to, like, see that little bit of light. They hadn't oh, seen yeah. sunlight since they were kidnapped in the bus. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. It's insane. Mm. And they were able to breathe again. Yeah. Because they were slowly losing oxygen, oxygen yeah. in there. Um. So the group then wandered out into the open, and they were actually found by men wearing hard hats with heavy machinery, hmm. op- like, operating. Um, they were shocked, but they heard um, the, the, the men. Yeah. They were like, who like, are you? Like, what the hell? Why are there a bunch of children out yeah. here? But, you know, the news. Yeah. So they did kind of know. They, of course, called the local authorities. Yeah. Um. Much to the Ed and the kids' surprise, they were a hundred miles away in Livermore, California, in a quarry. 
even though they had been driving for like five million years. I know, but years. like they, they were just made, driving they around. Just circles. Yeah. yeah to I mean, like, they didn't know how long it had been, other than it had been a long time. Well, yeah, but like. Yeah. That is true. I mean, the kids did say, well, they were adults at this point, but they were saying, like, when you're a kid, you don't know what, like, how the passage of time really works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the older ones might have, but like. Especially if you're in the dark for that long, you wouldn't have any idea, like, that it was the next day. Yeah. Necessarily. You would just know that it had been a long time. Yeah, that's true. For all they knew, they could have been in their days. Yeah. That's true. You know? To a five-year-old? Yeah, I just mean, like, the distance that they... Oh, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like, they they drove around for, like, 20-something Driving 100 miles is only, like, a two-hour drive. So. (laughs) Um... So when the authorities showed up, uh, they took pictures of each child. Um, and this is a little detail that just irritated, upset me. Yeah. They were like, a lot of the kids were still in like their swimming suits. Oh. Because remember, they had been. They were just coming back from swimming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Th- like. They, so brutal. Yeah. Like that's like really upsetting for some It's reason. It's upsetting, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it was just a little detail that like. Ooh, like it upset me. Cause I think just cause I associate like if you're in your swimsuit, it's like my brain associates it with like summer and fun, mm-hmm. and also like very vulnerable. Like you don't have as much protection yeah. over your body. Yeah. Yeah. No pockets either for the most part. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That is true. <laughs> I like how the when you were just talking. This is like not related, kind of, but you were like, I think of summer and fun when you said when you're in a swimsuit and I was like when I think of being in a swimsuit I think of all negative things (laughs) I hate being in swimsuits I hate them I hate swimming I know (laughs) so I was like what (laughs) I was confused um ugh I I can't even imagine being forced to be in a swimsuit for that many hours that's like my worst nightmare I don't even own a swimsuit We were on very different tracks with that. I was on, like, the juxtaposition of having it be, like, something that's supposed to be good. Yeah, that's fair. I just hate swimsuits. And then you're you're over here being, like, how could you be in that for so long? It's uncomfortable. Oh, that sounds terrible. I guess when I was a kid, I probably felt Yeah. I don't know. But the authorities showed up. They took pictures of them. They were loaded into another bus... Oh my God. Because oh. what else would they put them in? Yeah, but like, they didn't want to separate them. But yeah, but still, like, yeah. can we traumatizing? Can we find a different way to transport the kids other yeah. than a bus? Yeah, and and you know they were transported to the only place that could hold the group of children securely for questioning and like safety and rehabilitation, which was the Santa Rita Rehabilitation Center, a local jail. Oh, they couldn't find anywhere else. <laughs> no, apparently like not. Like a school? Uh, apparently not. But they w- didn't go in like any part of the jail that was like weird. They just went in like one of the classrooms. No, but still, like yeah. that's yeah, it's weird, right? Like, that's... I think it's because they they wanted to be like somewhere. They were in a really remote area, which like jails are in remote areas normally. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they were probably trying to travel in the direction of Chowchilla. And but needed like, to stay within jurisdiction of the people who located them. Yeah. So, and keep the kids, like, in a safe place. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, like there are a lot of 
people in law enforcement there so I guess I, that would be what I they think would it was also a safe place yeah I think it was also because they needed a place that could pr- provide them fresh clothes mm. fresh food and medical attention and yeah. a jail could provide them all three of those that's things true easily yeah without separating them at all yeah that's true it feels bad. It but feels bad, I get but it. yeah. All the pictures are really cute, though. They're all having a really good time. <laughs> it's really wholesome. Um, I mean, just being out. I think yeah, I mean, they were um, they they were given apples and soda, Aww. and they were given white prisoner jumpsuits that they rolled up all the legs and arms, Aww, and they so were wearing like giant, like big white outfits. Um, and in them. yeah, <laughs> dr- oh, don't say oh, that. That's what Holly said. <laughs> I know. Um, they were questioned for about four hours individually, meaning total. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Not I was like, four, it took about four hours of each questioning. Each child is questioned for no. four hours. They each they told their story. crime. Jesus. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Yeah, it like. did. Sorry. So after they were questioned individually, they were put into another bus, although this one was a Greyhound, and they were taken home. And at 4 a.m., which was 36 hours since the initial kidnapping. Oh, my gosh. They arrived home to their families. Good. Good. Oh. Um, I just noted a couple things here. Of course, the victims of this kidnapping faced their own individual battles after this. Some of the ones that are obvious are like a lot of nightmares, a lot of night terrors obvious issues with anxiety a lot of the um survivors that spoke out during the documentary had some substance abuse and addiction problems yeah i would imagine so um and one interesting thing that a lot of articles point out is that jennifer brown um she was she had said and this was in the remembering remembering the chowchilla kidnapping episode so the more recent one, mm-hmm. she said that it was only just like recently that she stopped sleeping with a nightlight. She yeah. like couldn't be in complete darkness. I mean, that makes sense. And like, she's the yeah. one who said, like, I had never known darkness like this before. I yeah. think it was her. Well, because every time you would shut off the lights to go to sleep, it would be like being there again. Yeah. Like probably she felt like she couldn't breathe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of those kids probably had like such intense PTSD. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's an understatement. <laughs> well, and being in the 70s, a lot of them probably didn't receive the like, oh, no. correct attention for that trauma. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, it would take unearthing the tomb, collaboration from the quarry owners, and two weeks of investigation to locate and arrest the kidnappers. Um, so let's talk about these fuckers. Uh, the suspects. Hmm. Frederick Newhall Woods the fourth aged 24. Oh, no. He was the most obvious lead right from the beginning, Mm -hmm. as his father was the owner of the quarry. Oh. And some security guards had come forward and said they had noticed a couple times some people, a couple men, digging. Okay. And they didn't, like, mention that sooner? Oh, well, I mean, this is a layered me talking about it. I, I guess they ha- hadn't mentioned it, like, to their bosses. But when the kids were 
discovered they well no came i know but yeah. like why would you not mention yeah that i don't know boss? if maybe like, like why they, wouldn't that be like a hey to be honest they didn't say definitively that it was frederick or fred fred woods hmm. but it's possible that they were like oh yeah that's the boss's son yeah, yeah. like they were like mm, maybe I, I don't that's just speculation but yeah. i have a feeling that might be why yeah um <clears throat> boss's son just out here again doing stuff yeah it's none of my business you know like i don't want to get fired you know stuff like that Uh, that's what i'm assuming um by association the duct tape what happened there ducktales the ducktales the ducktales ducktales it's a great show the remake is also really good Mm. amazing soundtrack Hmm. By association, the detectives located brothers James and Richard Schoenfeld. Um, James, age 24 as well, just like Frank. Mm. And Richard, the younger brother, age 22. Which is also weird. It's like, they're younger than us. I know, that feels so gross. And I'm like, you don't even know, like, what you're doing. I don't don't even know know what I'm doing. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. no. So James, the older brother, was Fred's friend and partner in several former crimes. Oh, I thought you were just going to stop it at partner, and I was like, good for them. No. (laughs) Unfortunately, well, I feel like they wouldn't have done this. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm. partner in crime, I get it. Partner in former crimes. Yes, several crimes of the past. At the time of the crime, they were actually on probation from a motor vehicle theft crime. Oh my gosh. As well. Okay. Richard uh, was, a lot of articles described him like kind of included by proxy. Okay. Like sort of recruited, but there isn't much like explained about why he did it. I don't know if his brother just kind of like made him do it or if he just yeah. kind of always did like what he his was brother just like did. tagging along yeah. type of thing. Um but I will say like Richard was the first to confess. He um like came forward. Okay. So maybe he was just kind of like along for the ride and then he was like, "Whoa, what's happening?" I I don't know, but also like yeah. do something about it. Yeah. So like, fuck off. Like Richard maybe, maybe do something like as soon as as soon as the kids are like in that hole or whatever be like i gotta go i gotta See, go there are, i feel like t- points before that he could have said something but well yeah fine. but like if you needed a chance to get away from the other two before you That's were fair. like you know yeah like that would be i wouldn't moment. give him that much credit but yeah anywho in their search uh the home of fred woods which was his father's estate in of one of the nicest san francisco suburbs of course yeah. it was because oh by the way they were fucking rich. Well, yeah. I mean, if you These got that time. three idiots. If you've got that much time and resources to do this, you've got to be rich. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, just the casual, my dad owns a quarry, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, they discovered two very damning pieces of evidence just, like, lying around at their house. Of course. Okay. Because they're idiots. Yeah. Um, first was a, a, a piece of paper that's at the top. Uh-huh. It just said plan. Uh, I, too, like to label my nefarious plans. Plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally detailed step-by-step step what they were going to do, and then it also detailed what they were going to do if, like, one of those things went wrong. The The number of people who get caught for crimes and end up having, like, a sheet of paper or a notebook with, like, 
my plan written on it and like everything detailed is just it's absolutely bizarre to me well otherwise how are they going to remember all the steps (laughs) their brains are very small (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and they're also ugly just throwing it out there (laughs) good i love i love it i nothing is funnier to me than just being like all these bad things about this person and then just being like this person was also ugly <laughs> on top of all this uh, other actually shit let me rephrase that just about men <laughs> i feel that cis hats only mm-hmm. <laughs> um the other damning piece of evidence was a draft of the ransom note which demanded 2.5 million dollars but they're already rich oh just you wait until the next part because that's not the amount they were going to ask for in the end. Oh. That's just the draft one. Oh, okay. What, what did they end up with? Oh, we'll get with? there. We'll get there. Oh, okay. So once this information was located, that's when they went out on the hunt for these three bozos. Yeah. Um, what, were they just, like, chilling at a, at a Dairy Queen parking lot? Oh, no, like, no. Back <laughs> to these idiots real time, okay? We're going back a little bit. Okay. We're stepping back. Okay. After the suspects imprisoned the victims in their death hole. Yep. They went home to their home base, which I'm assuming was Fred's house, to initiate the ransom. Okay. Okay. They were like, we're going to call in the ransom. Yeah. We're going to get that money. They were like, we're going to release the kids. Pulling up their checklists, going down it, being like, okay, next step. Yeah. Well, (laughs) no, because they're stupid. Because as soon as they tried to call, they couldn't dial it in because there was so much phone traffic. Mm. of concerned families and people putting in reports that they couldn't they couldn't complete make the, the phone in. call to the oh Chowchilla police. Oh my god. Because uh. it had already been like 5 million years. 20 hours. Yeah. So the ransom demand that they actually were going to ask for remember formerly 2.5 million dollars. Was set for five million dollars. Oh my gosh! They were going to demand. They didn't even demand it though because they're idiots. Yeah. But they were going to demand five million dollars, which, according to this one article I, I was reading, because I didn't do the conversion myself, <laughs> um, in 2021 when this article was written, that would amount to about 23 million dollars now. Oh my gosh! 23 million dollars. <laughs> can you imagine what, requesting it from the government, like from the police I don't, department? I don't like, fucking know. Where were they? Like, pooling from the families, I assume. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, that that's completely bonkers. Like, I get it's that they so don't stupid. have any understanding about money because they're, they're rich fucks. Rich. But, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So. What the hell? And I don't know. I wrote luckily, but I don't know if this is truly luckily. But luckily, Richard, the younger brother of the Schoenfeld brothers, Mm -hmm. turned himself in eight days after the kidnapping. Good. And confessed. Good. Good. I hope the guilt was eating him alive. I hope so, too. Yeah. And his stupid little rat face and his terrible widow's peak. They all have the most terrible widow's peaks I've ever seen in my entire life. Two weeks later after that, Fred was caught in Vancouver, Canada, where he had fled after the kidnapping. Nice. And on the same fucking day... His buddy, or as we like to say, his partner, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) the older of the Schoenfeld brothers, was discovered, again, same day, fleeing to another town called Menlo Park in California. He just stayed in California. I guess! 
He just was Genius. like, I'm going to drive for 20 hours in circles and only end up 100 miles away. He's a dumbass. This is how I'll hide. I can't, he can't <laughs> go too far away from daddy's money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, you know, the trial. Mm-hmm. It was revealed during the trial by the three men that the reason for the plan, the only reason why they did this, was money. Wait, despite them coming from wealthy families, Fred Woods and James Schoenfeld were in deep debt. And they were planning on using the money to pay off their debts. But let me just ask a question. Five million dollars? I seriously doubt that's how much their debt was. Like, how do you rack up that much debt? That was probably also for fun money. Yeah. So these men do be stupid. Also, like, steal from your dad. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. You had access to the quarry at night so you could go dig your big fucking hole. Why don't you just go rob the quarry? Yeah. Or, like... Do anything that actually know, like, makes money. Commit embezzlement. I, like, who he, cares? He wasn't smart I, enough to do that. That's true. And do it, literally you know, anything else. They also revealed why they chose to kidnap children, too. Mm. The quote from James directly is, We needed multiple victims to get multiple millions. And we picked children because children are precious. The state would be willing to pay ransom for them, and they don't fight back. They're vulnerable, and they will mind. I hate that. First of all, that one girl? Yeah. They weren't minding. No. Good for her. Good for her. I just, like, want to emphasize her a lot, because I am going to say towards the end that she did pass away um, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, At 55, which is really sad. Um... Also, like, that comment from him just makes, like, reiterates in my brain that this was, at least for that guy, was probably not only about money and was just about, like, getting off on power and control. Oh, totally. Totally. The sheriff guy, Sheriff Bates that I had mentioned, and, like, totally no negativity towards him at all, but I thought that this was really funny. It was such, like, a... 70s old man like thing to say in the documentary where he was like you know in my in my professional opinion because and then he goes because I have a master's degree and I was like (laughs) congratulations it was so funny it just was like the most unhinged comment then he he said he he thought that um Frank Woods was a um, was a sociopath. Oh yeah, but it was really funny because the way he said it, he was like, "In my professional opinion, because I have a master's degree." I was like, "Dude, chill." It was so funny. <laughs> he's like citing himself. He's like so. It, it's it. You know what? It it it's giving so so self conscious, so vulnerable. Yes, it's giving uh-huh. vulnerability. <laughs> I'm sorry no hate towards him obviously but like wow it was really funny (laughs) it's like such an old man thing to say um during the trial oh Nikon were you gonna say something no I was gonna say yeah I agree (laughs) just yeah uh during the trial all three pleaded guilty to kidnapping for ransom and robbery but denied the plea of guilty of infliction of bodily harm um I would argue that your brain is part of your body because it is in your body. 
And it is this part is, of your body. This is the 70s. <laughs> they, it, it, living proof. Still today, or when we were kids. Yeah. They don't actually really count mental oh. abuse as real abuse. I mean, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh. back to the case. The 70s were not thriving. They were tried, and they were found guilty of it. Mm -hmm. They were convicted of both counts, which brought a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Excellent. Mm -hmm. However, on a technicality, the survivors were not provided rest, because four years later, they appealed the bodily harm charge, and they appealed it on the grounds of um or not on the grounds of but just their intention behind it was without the bodily harm charge the possibility of parole was back on the table I don't think you should get the possibility of parole if you kidnap an entire busload full of children yeah Yeah. and then bury them underground yeah Mm -hmm. unfortunately the appeal worked um, as the court did find the, phys- the physical injuries stated by the children, which were only cuts and bruises, were not under the requirements to meet, quote, bodily harm based on the law. What about attempted murder? Yeah. They, it worked. That's this so then, bullshit. of course, triggered a continual parole hearing sweep every three years for about 30 to 40 years that would be just so incredibly traumatizing for all of those families yes mm-hmm. you know to protect the rights of these motherfuckers like how do you explain that to your child who's like because like what every three year, like that five-year-old is still like a child while these mm-hmm. like parole hearings are happening mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And we're nearing the end of this, so I know this is very dark, but nonetheless. In June 2012, Richard, the youngest of the Schoenfeld brothers, was paroled. Hmm. In August 2015, James Schoenfeld, the older brother, was released on parole and finally in March of 2022 just a year ago Frank Woods was released on parole that just I just don't get I don't understand how you could release someone on parole who do you yeah do you want me to just rip your heart out one last time yeah. Yeah. So Jody Heffington, the uh-huh. badass, badass little girl, 10 year old that mouthed off at them. Yeah. She passed away January 30th, 2021, after raising her son and opening a hair salon in Chowchilla with her certification in cosmetology. Nice. She lived a full, wonderful life. I want to highlight her as a hero. Um, she attended every parole hearing every three years after the appeal process. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The only hearing she didn't attend was the 2021 hearing. Yeah. Which was the final one. 
yeah. in which Frank was released. Oh, my gosh. The last parole she attended in 2019, they recorded her testimony, mm-hmm. and you can listen to it in the 48 Hours episode. Yeah. And on the CBS website. Um, and she tells it with as much conviction as the recordings of her from when she was a child, which she isn't – that was the other girl that I mentioned before about the recordings, but yeah. from other yeah, court recordings. Yeah. She was there every time. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Can you imagine the trauma? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be so incredibly difficult, but I, like, I, I get I the need to I do that. Yeah. I would have done it. Another really, this won't be a direct quote, but another really amazing thing that the other little girl said, Jennifer, she said on the, like, in the initial hearing, mm-hmm. uh, the trial, she went in and she said, I held my held high, held my head high, what? Um, and she looked them in the eye and she told the story and she left and she said, I was never going to let them see me cry. And Aww. I just thought that was like so cool of her. <laughs> um, and I actually wanted to qu- close on one of her quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually a video that they captured while they were waiting for a transport from the quarry. So this is like right afterwards. Yeah. They're eating like a, I think it was a popsicle or something. And she's in it wrapped in a towel because she's in a bikini. Yeah. First of all, she's an eight year old. Why is she in a bikini? But whatever. Um, The reporter turns to her and says, Jennifer, why would anybody do something like this? And she's smiling, and she says, I don't know. They didn't have enough love. Oh. That's so sad. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just think it's, like, so nice, the spirit of her, like, even immediately being released. Like, she, they were yeah. just so happy to be free. Yeah. Even yeah. though they weren't home yet. Like, yeah. for, her to say some, for her to say something like that yeah, about the people that hurt her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less than an hour, probably, after mm-hmm. after being released from their literal grave. Yeah. I mean, amazing people. Like, that, yeah. that's it. And even if she, like, said that in that moment and later, like, dealt with the anger and, like, and grief she should. that comes and she, with that's that. Deserve, they deserve that. Yeah. And, yes. But, like... Even just saying it in that moment, and then even if like later you change your mind on it, or like you mm-hmm. have to go through other processes to come back to that, mm-hmm. like that's still just mm-hmm. an amazing, an amazing quote. Larry <laughs> Park forgave them. I could never. Which I could never. Yeah. I, I don't can, believe I, in forgiveness. I don't believe in forgiveness either. Um, some people just don't deserve it. Um, everybody has their own views about it. I I think. You know, it's great that he did that because it, it really changed his life. And he talks about it yeah. in the um, in the uh, documentary. There's a picture of him standing with Richard. Uh. It's very – it made the picture uh. – he's very happy. And I, I, like, I'm very happy for him. Like, I, you know, he, yeah. that's amazing. I'm glad that that I works could never, for him. I yeah. could never – It to me, it was haunting. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, I believe in little forgiveness. I don't believe in big forgiveness. I believe in forgiveness when it's deserved. Yeah. Yeah. But that's those little, guys don't. That's little forgiveness for me is yeah. forgiveness when it's deserved. Yeah. I don't believe in big forgiveness. No, no. 
So everybody take a collective deep breath because uh, that was the the Chowchilla bus kid napping. Yikes. And you mentioned that they took a nap, right? Yeah. Okay. Didn't I? I just, oh, did I forget? I just think that we got sidetracked. Did I get sidetracked in the middle and of it? Shit! But <laughs> Oh, no! Okay, if I didn't say it, the part where the, I think the distraction was you guys complaining about $2.5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is written in my notes. This takes away so much like of the climax of it but when they went home and they they were unable to make the phone call they took a nap which is just absolutely bizarre i'm so sorry i feel so bad that i'm not just to saying this part now well but that's i i should have like mentioned it no earlier, but it, we were hung up on the money you guys kept wanting me to tell you how much they yeah, yeah they yeah. actually think and i was like well yeah. let me get there but no, I just, because I've heard this a number of times mm-hmm. before, and I always, every single time, I'm like, you guys stuck a bunch of kids in the ground, and then you just took a nap? Yeah. You just, they just <laughs> fucking took a nap. You just took a nap while they were stuck down there? And they were like, oh, guess we can't call. Absolute idiots. And they're paroled. Yeah, all three of them are alive and out there. I hate that. And yeah. met, I will just say, like, several of the survivors are no longer alive. Yeah, mm. I hate that. All the worst people always live so long. Oh, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. I've been thinking about that lately. Yeah. I've been thinking about some people that should be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke has a hit list. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to die when their time comes. But they're going to face. But that time should speed up a little bit. Yeah, it should be faster. (laughs) I thought it was coming a couple years ago, but it didn't happen. No such luck. (laughs) Karma, karma's right. It just, it came up a little bit and then it was like, no, not yet. Not yet. Karma's waiting. (laughs) Just like waiting for the perfect opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow, that was a really good one. You also had like a bit of information in there that I hadn't heard before too. Yeah. Yeah, this one um, has just always been a survival story that I've loved. Yeah. So thanks for letting me cover it, gang. Not you. The, the oh, I thought you were thanking me. And no, I, I was I, like, you should be I thanking don't... me for telling yeah. such an amazing story. <laughs> I just oh. did. I just did. <laughs> Holly's on my hit list now. <laughs> oh my god, I would never. Good. Holly is my lifeline. Excellent. Sips. Oh, alcohol. Sips. <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> I need a nap. These men taking naps. I know. While they're ransoming children. Ridiculous. I checked insurances all day. I need a nap. I need a nap. <laughs> God. Uh, well, I don't really want anything to put in my cabinet mm-hmm. this time, but what I am going to put in my cabinet... I've, I've given this a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. And I thought of a lot of haunting things I could put in my cabinet. Yeah. But also, I don't want to give, like, that gratification. Yeah, I agree. So, I think, like, I think, like, a little tape recorder mm-hmm. to get artful about it. Yeah. A little tape recorder with, like, them telling their stories. The That's really good. I like mm-hmm. that. The first thing I thought of was um, when they uncovered the truck trailer thing after the kids were gone. 
um, there was like a lot of shoes down there. <laughs> and I was like, I could just take a, a single a shoe. shoe. But then I was like, I don't want anything having to do with that dirty, disgusting pit that they That's trapped fair. them in. Mm-hmm. So empower the victim, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you I... want to put something in your cabinet from this round? Yes. Um, from this round, I would like a class photo. Aw. <laughs> That's a good one. I think there is a group photo. Yeah. They also all, like, a lot of the survivors went and saw Ray, Ed Ray, like, before he died. I've heard that, and yeah. And they have mm-hmm. named a, they named a park in town after him, too. Oh, yeah. Ed Ray Memorial Park. Yeah. Or something like mm-hmm. that. Because he deserves that recognition. Yeah. Of, like, oh, yeah. having Him been... and Michael, like, yeah. dug their way out of the earth yeah. in order to save all of them. Yeah. Ugh. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go cry now. Yeah, that's well deserved. Just kidding. We have to record another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Mabel but <laughs> Mayville. Um, but yeah, that was a very very good one, and our cabinets will be a little bit brighter and darker for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, um, for everyone listening, if you enjoyed, please rate review and subscribe to wherever mm-hmm. you are listening to this and um you can contact us at our email if you have like suggestions or if you want to just like vent about how much of idiots these guys are or that would be great yeah or if you have like suggestions i think i already said that no oh, okay if you have suggestions, <laughs> Brooke, what's our email? Our email is themacabcastpod at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram to see the pictures accompanying all of our episodes. Um, that's the same handle, themacabcastpod. And we Instagram. hope to see you. I just did that. Oh. Sorry, I I have been like blanking out this entire. <laughs> wow! Yikes! <laughs> Damn! All right. Well, I was gonna say we'll see you next time. Yeah. Uh, what's in your cabinet? And good night. <laughs>